Blow and the Doctor. Hey Who fans and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And this is episode 27. Hope all you guys have had a wonderful week. How have you been, buddy? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good, mate, actually. Yeah, I've just polished off um, a book um, called Who's There, which is uh, about the first Doctor. Well, about William Hartnell, actually. About his oh, life okay. and career. Yep. So I've been... I've been finishing that and uh, really enjoyed it, actually. Um, I didn't didn't know all that much about Mr. Hartnell, so that's been enlightening. It's written by his actual granddaughter. Oh, yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's been good. I I, I quite like a good biography. <laughs> we like a good read. I, like I do a like good a good biography. Read. Yeah. <laughs> I tend to sort of um, listen to audiobooks rather than read just for sort of timing because I can do other things, you know, like the ironing and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so that's what I've been mostly sort of doing in my spare time this week. Cool. How about you? Uh, not much really I've been busy with the old day job uh, all uh, work and no play exactly mate yeah um, other than that just been conversing with all of uh, all of our cool listeners on Facebook and Twitter yes yeah. Yeah, we've got some good comments this week and stuff yeah. so yeah. thank, thank you, you to everyone who's uh, jumped on yeah it's really cool we've had a whole raft of new um, new uh, Facebook followers and um, sorry Twitter followers and Facebook likes and people saying hi so uh that's really cool. Welcome aboard. Welcome aboard the Big Blue Box. Hello to the new people and hello to the old people. Hello, everyone. Hello, hello to the middle-aged people. <laughs> the middle-aged I'm, people. I'm not sure which bracket <laughs> I fall into, and I'm not going to go there. You're not going to. You're going to leave it there. No, I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> yeah, but hello to the new new people. Cool, cool. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Really good to have you on board. It's um, yeah. And as usual, we we really like having your comments and your views and and all that stuff when we talk about the review episodes and. It really helps us. Uh, I don't know. You know when we, we decide which episodes we're going to review, because um, Adam and I have got like a, a schedule, haven't we? We're, yeah, we only started it really in the new year, didn't we? We decided it would be good to sort of um, to, to get a schedule going, whereas before we were sort of picking them very randomly before we recorded and stuff. So I think we've been trying to sort of pick ones that perhaps we don't know as well uh, would, would you say you know ones that we sort of haven't watched that much and going back to see if they're better than we remember and that sort of thing yeah we've tried to pick ones that are not um not your the really popular ones that people always talk about anyway we've um we've tried to get a good mix of uh, different doctors and and episodes the ones that really divide opinion really uh, yeah so um but one of the things that i always look forward to is the uh is reading the facebook comments and thoughts because there's some really funny ones sometimes and uh some ones that really make you think differently as well about the story. People might just mention it. Even just a simple, you know, sentence about an episode can really turn it around. So, uh, yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, and also episodes really divide opinion, certain ones as well. That's another good thing about picking an episode that's perhaps not universally sort of thought of as, as brilliant is you get a good sort of diversion of opinion on it. And I, I like that. It's good to, good to get a different viewpoint from people. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Thank you. So, so thanks for all your comments. Yeah. Right, yo. No more um no more stuff that we've been up to. So uh shall we jump into the news? Yeah, let's land it. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had visions of the unearthly child landing on that one. Like, you know, xylophone music rattling all over the TARDIS, but that, no, maybe not. Maybe it was a good one. <laughs> that yeah, I love that, good. actually. I love that scene. They're all just being falling around. Such a great episode. One um, one of the TARDIS landings that has got me intrigued now is I think on the last episode you mentioned one of the um, McCoy TARDIS landings where it comes out of a rainbow or something. The rainbow landing yeah. from Time of the Rani, yeah. Okay, that's an interesting one. Yeah, you've got all the all that to come. Indeed. Yeah. Righty-o, first bit of news. Uh, Mr. Davison has been in the uh, has been in the press. Um, quite a controversial subject as well, because um, as we, as you can recall, when Matt Smith left, and there was a lot of debate and rumour and uh, and chatter about which actor uh, would take over the role as the Doctor, there was. I, th- I think this has happened the last two times as well, where there's there's quite a big, um, well, there's quite a large collection of people who would quite like to see a female Doctor, mm. and. Um, uh, Mr. Davison has been chatting to uh, to ABC News over in America, I assume, and uh, he said that um, he would he has trouble with the idea of a female doctor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's not keen on the idea, is he? Because mm, yeah, because what he's saying is, and he does actually caveat. He does actually say that he's he's speaking as a fan, purely mm. as a fan, not as somebody involved with the show. But um, he was saying that uh, he reckons that if you're born on Gallifrey, a man then you're probably a male Time Lord, which is, I don't know, is that is that fair to say? Or is that a bit of an assumption that we don't know? Because we don't really know too much about the Time Lords in terms of, um, you know, their, their history and their future because we really only see one of them a lot of the time. So um, what do you reckon? I'm, I'm not sure. I, I just, I can't decide where I stand on this. I'll be absolutely honest with you. I really don't know because... I think if it was done right, you know, if if you got a a really sort of good cast, you know, good casting with a female doctor, I think it could work. But my gut right. feeling is that it, it should be a man. I mean, I sort of feel as soon as you start saying we should get a female doctor, I kind of feel like it's being done for the wrong reasons. Does that make sense? I yeah, feel like it's yeah. just being done to be politically correct and not for the actual benefit of the show. Yeah, um, I agree. It, it seems like the reason for changing the role is is the wrong reason to me. I don't sort of have a, you know, I'm not, it's not sexist. And that's the thing. As soon as you say you're, you know, you don't <laughs> want a female doctor, yeah. you're immediately pounced on. Yes. And, and it's yep. unfair because it's nothing to do with that. It's not, I don't have a problem with envisaging, whatever the word is, a female doctor. I can, I can, you know, imagine it. Um, I can imagine it working quite well, but I just sort of feel that, yeah, the reasons for doing it would be wrong. And I don't know, my gut feeling is it should be a man, but if it yeah. was, if we were to get a female doctor, I think it could work. But my feeling is, I, you know, I would. Pref- I, th- I think Peter Davison has a point. Yeah, I agree. What about I mean, you? Yeah, I'm. I I completely agree. It's one of those things where, where I've mentioned it. I think I've mentioned it previously on the show, and I, I always feel like I'm on a bit of shaky ground with the, uh, with the female listeners, and it really is. It's difficult because. I'm the same as you. It's literally, it's not a sexist thing at all. It has nothing to do with um, any other reason. I just feel that the dynamic wouldn't be quite right on the show. Mm. Um, personally, if they, when Capaldi leaves and they cast a woman, it's not, I'm not going to go crazy. I'm be disappointed or anything like that. It's just, I just feel that the show works the way it does with a male doctor. 
I think yeah. it works well. And um, Davidson does go on to say, um, he, he says, it seems to me that if you reverse it and you have an uncertain, fallible female doctor with a really strong male companion, uh, you've just got more of a stereotype than anything else. Yeah, you know, and I think that's where he's got a bit of a bit of a point, really. Yeah, and I yeah. think I think the Beeb and whoever showrunner at the time and and that sort of thing, they, I think they should stand their ground, really, because I think with this type of thing, it can you you do have people making decisions because there's a lot of pressure from from fans or or, or certain groups of fans who really want to do it. So mm. um, I just think it's one of those things where if it if it doesn't feel like it's the right thing to do, then don't do it. Don't yeah. like you say, don't do it just because there's a lot of chatter about people wanting a female doctor. If it doesn't feel right, then then don't do it. Exactly. I mean, I, 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 let's put it this way: if we got a female doctor, if Capaldi was to regenerate into a female doctor, I wouldn't stop watching. I'd, I'd still watch it every week, and I'm sure I'd still enjoy it, and I still think it would be a great show. You know, I think it would still work. But but I just think, yeah, it, it, it does then become a different show. Yeah. Um, and that, that can work in two ways. It can, you know, it can rejuvenate the show. I mean, after all, this show's been going for 50-odd years, so it can rejuvenate it, it can make it different and freshen it up. But also, it then does change it from the initial sort of concept. And I think that's where I have the problem. It's nothing to do with the sort of gender. It's just that you're sort of changing the format. Yeah. You know, and, and, and as I say, that could be a good thing. It can keep things fresh. But it, at the end of the day, you are changing that format. And that's that's where I have an issue with it. Agreed, sir. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it's a bit like Missy. I, I love the character of Missy. Um, but I but I really wanted it to be the Rani. I saw no point in her changing to be the the master, turning out to be the master, other than to be sort of politically correct and to sort of mix things up a bit. It just seemed it was all done for the wrong reason to me. You know, I, if she'd have turned out to be the Riley, I would have thought that was excellent. Yeah. You know, and it's the same with the Doctor. But if if it was to change, it would just be done. You know, for, for to sort of be controversial and to mix things up, and you know, and, and possibly for the wrong reasons. I think. Yeah, I remember you saying actually um, about Missy, and you were hoping that it was going to be the Rani. I, I remember you saying that. Yeah. I just thought she would have <laughs> been yeah fantastic because I I love Kate Tamara as the Rani, um, and I think she was. She will always be the Rani to me, but I do think, you know, I really liked Missy. I loved the performance. Um, and I and I thought, you know, yeah, she, you know, I could see her as the Rani. It, was, it would have worked for me. Yeah, I can you know. see that. Yeah. 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 So female doctor. Davison reckons it wouldn't work. I kind of agree with that. And mm. uh, I'd like to just, you know, uh, reinforce that on the Big Blue Box podcast, we're not sexist in any way. It's just... Just the, the way we feel about the dynamic of the show. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm kind of on the fence, I guess, if yeah. you like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so moving on to other news. And this I didn't know about this until until very soon before we started recording, actually, about this book. Um, okay. There's this campaign underway yeah. um, for a book about K-9. And I, I love K-9. Affirmative. <laughs> I thought that was one of my toys going off for a minute. No, I do. I love K9. I mean, I when I was a kid, I grew up, and one of the things I always wanted was was a K9. Um, and if I could go, I tell you what, if I had a if I had a real TARDIS, w- one thing I would do is I would go back in time and find my sort of five six year old self, and I would give him the K9 toy. You know, like the quarter size one or whatever, oh, the big one. Adam. I would do, to go back and give myself that toy as a kid wow that's all i ever wanted as a kid so i, I love canine oh dude you, you're choking us up a little bit here <laughs> no no i would it's it's weird i think i was thinking about this the other day because it was a 
an idea for a video I had. I'd, I'd love to do that. I'd love to just go back and give myself that, that toy. Because I can remember building one and I even wrote to a certain TV show that we're not allowed to talk about these days uh, asking if somebody could fix it for me to have one. And, you know, I, I just always wanted a canine. So, oh, mate. Yeah. So anyway, before we <laughs> wipe away your tears and um, here, yeah, there's this campaign underway for the essential book of canine. Um, who's actually come up with the idea of this? It's the... Um Mr. Tam. Mr. Paul Tams, yeah, who is the, um, uh, he was the co-creator of the canine series. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, he feels that um, that there's never been a dedicated book to the entire story of canine and his adventures with different people like, uh, well, obviously the Doctor, but also Sarah Jane and some other people. So he feels that there's a more uh, a more in-depth story that, that needs to be told for um, the little the little fella. Would you buy the book if I would. it came out? I, yeah, I, I would, think yeah. I would. It'd be cool. Um, in fact, um, we the reason, um, uh, sorry, the the whole thing with this uh, this book is it's being crowdfunded at the moment mm. um, through. It's not Kickstarter. It is a site called uh, Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Yeah, which is a very similar concept. Um, so what I'll do is I'll put the uh, link to that in the show notes. So you just need to go on there, and you can donate as much as you want, really. Um, I think it's just a case of because at the moment they've their goal is five thousand mm. pounds and they've raised seventeen hundred pounds so far. Mm. Good start. Um, so they're about thirty five percent of the way there and they've got about just over t- just under two months left. And you can you can yeah, you can donate as much as you want from a pound upwards. And uh it's very say it's very similar to Kickstarter. The more you donate, the more stuff you get back basically. Um yeah. so um yeah, so it's a it's a good thing. I, I think it's um because there hasn't really been much about K nine, has there? There's been the book that was that came out by um uh, who's the guy that voiced K nine? His name is John Leeson. Me. Yeah, he had a book out, didn't he? Yes, yeah. He, yeah. He, well, I think it was more about him uh, called Tailwags or something. I think, but something yeah, like it was that, more yeah. about his career. But yeah. obviously, the majority of it, I would assume, is is about him. Yeah, yeah. So we haven't really had much in the way of K nine in terms of books and novels and stuff or anything like that so uh oh yeah i think it's cool yeah so if you if you're a fan of the little tin fella um you might want to go and donate to that and like I say you're, you're going to put a link in on you yeah i'll stick a, a link in the show notes and even if you go over there and just put a pound on or a fiver um that'll that'll go a long way to getting the book uh, the book sorted out so um yeah let's do that the essential book of canine yeah sounds good yeah uh moving on um the book that we spoke to you guys about a couple of episodes ago, or the series of, of books, should I say, that are coming out soon, uh, called Lethbridge Stewarts. Mm. Um, the the first one is launching at the end of Feb. And the um, for those of you that don't know, there's a really cool shop um, uh, in, in London called The Who Shop, uh, which is completely independent of the BBC or anything like that. And um, they're having a launch day. And they're going to get some people there um, signing the book and stuff like that. And uh, I think I'm going to go to this, mate. What about you? Are you? Well, I, do you know what? I, I used to live quite close to the Who Shop. And I, and I used to love going in there because it is like an Aladdin's cave. Mm. I live miles away from it now. It's, it's not that easy for me to get to, uh, which is a shame because I just used to love going there all the time. So I don't know. Where, when actually is it? It is on Saturday, the 28th of February at the Who Shop. And um, 
what I'll do is in the show notes as well, I'll stick a link to the Who Shop website so you guys can get the address and all that stuff. It's really easy to get to if you if you get a training into London. Uh, you just need to jump on the tube and get off at, I think it's West Ham or Upton Park, something like that. Yeah, it moves slightly. I know it used to be in a different location. And yes. I can't, yeah, I think it's yeah. Upton Park, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's literally a five, ten minute walk maximum from the from the tube station. So, uh but it's a wonderful little shop. Didn't you say that it's, yeah, you, an Aladdin's cave you describe it as? Yeah, I mean, I used to just, I could just go and lose hours in there because it's got so much stuff in there and they've got that. They've got a little museum mm. and you sort of go walk through this TARDIS, like a full-size proper TARDIS, you walk through it and it goes sort of to the back of the shop and there's all these props and costumes that they've bought over the years, like original props and costumes. So they've got like a little Doctor Who museum yeah. Um, behind the shop, which is just great. And I think it's like two pounds or something yeah. to go to go in. Um, and but the thing that's bizarre is you can't take any photos in the shop, but you <laughs> can take as many as you want in the museum, which is good because you can take pictures of all the costumes. I I did put some pictures on on Geeks Handbag Facebook page, but it's a while back. But uh, if anyone's interested, just have a look at my photos. I, there's an actual photo album I put on there of some of the cool pictures. And I know they've added loads more new stuff since I went. Yeah, uh, which was a few years ago. It's a, it's a great little shop. Um, yeah. uh, but who's actually appearing at this? Is, is Gemma Redgrave's there, isn't she? She's going to be yeah, signing. Is um, that right? Not Gemma Redgrave, no. Um, Are you uh, sure? I thought she was there. It will be um, Andy Frankham Allen, who. Um, uh, so the first book in the series, The Forgotten Son, he's going to be there to sign it. Um, There'll also be Hannah Hazeman, who's the granddaughter of Mervyn Hazeman, who, who created the Great Intelligence. Um, Terence Dix. Terence Dix will be there. Oh, yep. Terence is great. Have you ever met Terence? No. Oh, he's such a legend. I I've love heard Terrence. he's really yeah, yeah. I would like to know. I'd like to know what he thought about the female master actually because Terence <laughs> doesn't mince his words and I kind of get the feeling because I mean he co-created the master character didn't he yes so I'm, I'm guessing they must have would they have needed his permission to do it or not I don't know um, probably not actually probably I guess not it's these just days. casting yeah. yeah but I wonder what he thinks of it because yeah. he's he's normally a bit um not outspoken but he's you know he's not afraid to express his opinion when it comes to these things and yeah yeah maybe maybe uh, if you do go you could ask him for me if I don't make it. <laughs> yeah. Um, sorry, Adam, I do apologise, my friend. Um, Gemma Redgrave is there, sorry, yeah. Oh, yeah, I thought she yeah. was, because I remember that was one of the, you know, faces that sort of popped up when I was looking at this earlier. Yeah, I thought she was going to be there. Yeah. So I've never met her, that'd be good. Yeah, so that'd be cool. So Saturday the 28th of Feb, um, you can just go, go down there, pick the book up, get it signed, meet a few Who faces. Um, and you can get some really cool stuff in that shop as well. Um, you can, yeah, take some money with you because, wow, yeah. it's just, yeah, so much great stuff. You tend to if find, I'd... yeah, you tend to find stuff in the corner that you didn't know was meant to be there. So it's it's one of those shops where um, it's got a very much a family, oldies, worldy kind of feel to it. It's not like a brand new shop mm. with like wooden floors or anything like that. It's got a really nice, cozy feel to it. And um, yeah, they've got all like the official BBC merchandise stuff, haven't they? They've got all that stuff, mm. but they've also got just tons of stuff that you didn't even know was like you'll be looking at a shelf in the corner and you'll see like like a, a signed Tom Baker something, 
and you'll be like, yeah. "What? The, where did that come from?" And it's just—I seem to really remember cool. loads of Cybermen helmets up, up, up um, really high as well. Sort of just when I thought I'd seen everything in the shop, I suddenly looked up and there's all these Cybermen heads up on yeah, the wall, yeah. and just everywhere you look, there's just cool stuff. Um, if I didn't know better, I'd think my partner moved just just to get me away from that shop. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised because <laughs> uh, yeah, you you could you could lose days in there. It's brilliant. It's very cool. So Saturday, twenty eighth of Feb, get over there. We'll see you. Get there. over there. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I think that's going to... Is that going to wrap for news? No. No, we'll, there is one other bit of news, yeah. um, which is um, Mr. Eccleston has been doing the rounds, uh, <laughs> promoting his new um, TV series called Fortitude, I believe. Yes, this looks quite good, actually. Well, the thing it's on Sky, isn't it? And Sky I don't Atlantic. have Sky. So yeah. I, I kind of, as soon as I saw the word Sky, I immediately... sounds awful, but I immediately lost interest because I can't watch it. Um, but uh, does it look good? Yeah, tell me about it. It looks good. It? Yeah, it does. It's um, From what I can gather, it's this... Um, this tiny little village set out in the middle of um, like Iceland or Norway or something like that. And uh, it's like a self-contained little town and there's meant to be no crime and everybody gets on, but there's like mysterious goings on and there's a couple of murders and stuff like that. So, yeah. I did tune in because Chris Exton was on the one show this week on Monday and I did tune in, but I was just tuning in really hoping that they might asking about Doctor Who, but they, they didn't. Um, and apparently, and I don't know if this is true, but uh, apparently the, his publicist has been telling people in, in these interviews not to mention it. Um, there was a newspaper report this week um, where apparently a reporter was told three times not to talk to him about Doctor Who. Um, and he did eventually sort of pluck up the courage just to briefly mention it. I think he said to him something like, so what do you think of Peter Capaldi's take on the Doctor then? And uh, apparently the phone just went dead. Um, and then the publicist come on the line and said, uh, Christopher has put the phone down on you. So wow. I don't know if this, yeah, <laughs> I don't know, you know, how much of this is exaggerated or what, but it does seem that he he doesn't want to acknowledge Doctor Who. And, you know, I guess he's promoting a new show. He doesn't want to talk about it, but it does seem a shame. He really seems to want, desperately want to distance himself from the show. And, and it saddens me because I'm, I really like Doctor Number Nine. I really like Chris as the Doctor. And I just want him to embrace it a little bit more, you know? Yeah, I, I know exactly what you mean. I think it, it's one of those things with Chris where I think that he was just giving people lip service um, shortly Sorry? after he left. <laughs> he was giving people lip service shortly okay. after he left the show. That You know what that saying means, right? Where he's just uh, he, he's saying things to people because that's what people want to hear. Oh, right. Okay, with he's, you. He's, right, paying, okay. he's paying people lip service. And I know where your mind was going. Yeah, sorry. I obviously mix in different circles. Jesus, right. <laughs> sorry. So Don't mean to bring the podcast down. <laughs> sorry, listeners. <laughs> right. When he left the show, people yeah. were interviewing him. He was very much... Because there was lots of rumours that he had um, some clashes with the, produ- the producers and where the show was going. And he really wasn't happy with the direction the show was going in as well as his character. Um, but then when he left the show, because he got the hump, from what it sounds like anyway, um, instead of just like, you know, giving the show a bad name and, you know, and saying to people, I left the show because it was crap and I didn't like where it was going and blah, blah, blah. He was basically said, I'm really proud of what we achieved. I'm really happy with it. And that's that. And I, I think he's just saying that because he doesn't want to cause a ruckus with anything. He just wants to leave it flat, leave it dead. Mm. And when he does things like this, that more that just reinforces that theory to me because whenever he's doing promos for anything else that he's done since and somebody even just mentions the show, 
anyone says anything like anything to do with Doctor Who or the Doctor himself, he just goes cold. And he, he just does. shuts off and you don't get anything else from him. And he actually, I've seen a couple of interviews where people have said to him, oh, there, there was one interview where he was doing some red carpet event and he just yeah. walked off. Somebody said, well, you know, something about the show. So just, some, you know, like you mentioned earlier when someone said to how do you think Peter Capaldi's doing as a doctor? Mm. It was just a real lighthearted question like that. And he just walked off, you know, in a bit of a strop. And I don't know why he, he distanced himself so much from the show. It's not as if like... He got really bad reviews or, or him, you know, playing the doctor got reviewed really badly. And it's like a bit of a shameful kind of red dot on your CV. You know, it's, yeah. he got, you know, a lot of people praised him at the time. And although he's not, you know, he's not, in my opinion, the best doctor from the newer stuff. I certainly really liked a lot of the the qualities that he brought to the doctor. And I really enjoy some of his episodes. So, um Definitely, and I think yeah. he, you know, he was part of the, the part of the success of it when it came back. You know, I think he he helped to make it, you know, a good a good comeback. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Um, the thing is, it's just it, it just made made me think of what we were talking about in last week's podcast with David Tennant, how we were saying, you know, when he got that award, how how he really does embrace the show, and yet he still managed to have a really great career, um, and he doesn't seem to doesn't appear to have a problem. You know, talking about Doctor Who, it's not like he's sort of saying, oh, well, I, you know, I did that years ago. I'm doing Broadchurch now. And there's none of that with Tennant. No. And obviously they're very different actors. You know, you can't expect everyone to be the same. But it's just that they couldn't be more opposite, could they? I mean, if I, if I was to bump into Chris on the street, I mean, when I lived in London, I, I used to, I did gen, genuinely used to bump into celebs all the time. Because mm -hmm. um, that's how I've got all my photos. People used to say, oh, how'd you meet these people? I just used to, you know, you'd see them on the street and you'd think, oh, would I go up to them? If I bumped into Chris, I think I'd be terrified yeah, to ask him for yeah. a picture. I don't think I'd, because he's got that look in his eye. Um, and he might be a really nice man, but he just, he, in interviews, he always comes across really guarded, you know, and, and especially, like you said, if they sort of even mention, you know, Doctor Who to him. He just doesn't want to talk about it at all. No, it's, it's And it's, it's a very shame. Yeah, and it, I can understand him wanting to, you know, all actors, no no actor wants to be typecast. You know, they all want to have a illustrious career. Totally get that. But it's just, it's a shame he just can't embrace it a little bit more because, you know, he played an important part in the show and I think he'd done a really good job. Yeah, and I, it's one of those things where in many years' time when... David Tennant or Matt Smith when their career has kind of wound down a little bit um, and they're towards the age of like Colin Baker and that sort of thing I can completely see them at conventions you know doing the whole convention thing I can't see Chris doing that at all ever no I can't I was just about to ask you actually if you could imagine I can't ever see him doing it ever no I just don't think he's that sort of actor at all I think he takes his profession very seriously and I just don't, I, I'm not saying it's below him, but I just can't ever see him doing it. No, nah. which is a shame because like you say, he was a, he was a pretty good doctor. I, I, I really so. enjoy some of his stuff. And the more you watch him, the more you want to see more of him. But you yeah, know, definitely. he just doesn't want anything to do with it. So no, and we'll be revisit. I mean, we'll revisit some of his episodes in upcoming podcasts as well. And I, I'm looking forward to rewatching some of his stories because I remember enjoying a lot of it at the time. And some of them I haven't watched for, for quite a while. So yeah. Yeah. Sorry about that. He doesn't want to. Actually, I'm not sorry. What? I'm not sorry about it. Oh, you're not so. You're not sorry about what? Yeah, I was going to say. So sorry about that, guys. Chris doesn't want anything to do with you. <laughs> but right. I'm not sorry. 
Jim, what do you think the <laughs> what do you think would happen if if we saw him in the street? Say we were, me and you were plodding down Upton Park to the Who shop. Uh, no, we've just come out of the Who shop. Just we've just bought a, a poster of him, and we see him, and we say, "Hey, Chris, wow, fancy meeting you outside the Who shop. I've just bought a poster of you. Can you sign it for me? What do you think he'd say? And keep it clean. <laughs> keep it clean. Um, I. I'm going to say, my gut feeling says that he would be, oh, very nice, you know, and just kind of carry on walking. He'd just, yeah, he'd, yeah. He'd, he'd, yeah, he'd just, um, yeah. he'd probably, I don't think he'd, he'd, I don't think he'd be rude, but no, he'd probably it, just try and get away from us as fast as possible. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he would be outright rude. I think he, unless you caught him on a really good day and you had yeah. a Sharpie ready, he didn't have to stop too long. <laughs> maybe on a really, if he's in a really good mood, maybe, but my gut well, feeling says he would just try and try and, try and move along. <laughs> You could hold him, and I'll, I'll be like, "Yeah, sign this." Yeah. And moving his hand, yeah. <laughs> we'll bundle him outside. And <laughs> oh, I hope it happens now. Oh, oh Jesus! Yeah. So anyway, but yeah. So I think that's that's pretty much all this week, isn't it, for news? News-wise, I reckon. Yeah. 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 So shall we get into this week's review? Let's do it. Okay. So this week, um, it's the Doctor's daughter. We have to get past that guard. Deal with him? No, 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 no. You're not going anywhere. What? You belong here with them. She belongs with us. With you. She's your daughter. She's a soldier. She came out of that machine. Oh, yes, I know that bit. Listen, have you got that stethoscope? Give it to me. Come on. What are you doing? It's all right. Just hold still. Listen, and then tell me where she belongs. That's who I am. That's where I'm from. And I'm from you. You're an echo. That's all. A time lord is so much more. Ah, oh, great clip there, Gary. I know. It's um, <laughs> what what did you think to um? Right before we get into the the mm. the meat and potatoes of of the episode and so on, um, I just want to put this out there that do you think it's slightly creepy that um David Tennant is now married to his on-screen daughter? Um, do you do you think that when you know when they were going through like the the reading of the story the cast all got together and they were reading the story obviously he would have had to he would have had to look at georgia moffat as mm. as his daughter throughout the entire time that they were filming it's not like you know she's playing another character or anything like that she's only known as david Tennant's daughter or the doctor's daughter should i say yeah that's true um uh, <laughs> i didn't i didn't think anything of it really but the more i think about it it's more like Mm, yeah. Do you know, I hadn't actually even thought about that until because <laughs> I was thinking, I thought you were going to say because she's Peter Davison's daughter, isn't she? Yeah, and and all that sort of thing. I hadn't even thought about it in terms <laughs> of the fact. <laughs> yeah, yes. I was, but maybe if he ever rewatches the episode, he might feel a bit odd. Yeah, uh, the, the yeah. phrase, the phrase, uh, "Who's your daddy?" <laughs> takes on a whole, whole new meaning. A whole new meaning, doesn't it? 
That's right. He also he, he dated um he also you know obviously enjoyed his time as as a doctor because he also dated uh, Madame de Pompadour, didn't he? I can't remember the actress's name. No, he um, didn't, did he? Yes, he did. Did he? They went out, they went out for blimmin' ages. Yeah. So Madame he obviously Pompadour. enjoyed his time as the tenth doctor, the little rascal. The girl in the fireplace. Yes. Are yes. you sure? Sophia Sophie Miles, is it? Wow. Yeah, he did. He did. He was with her for a while. Anyway, we digress, mate. We're talking about uh, David Tennant's <laughs> conquest here. We should be talking about the Doctor's daughter. Indeed. So yeah. this was series four, episode six. Mm. And wow, this was seven years ago, 2008. Oh, don't. Wow. That's scary. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I was thrown because I haven't watched this one for quite some time, actually. And it starts, we, I think we talked about this a couple of episodes back as well, it kind of starts with them all being thrown around the TARDIS, like mid-episode, and yes. I wasn't prepared for that. I was thinking, what the hell's going on here? Because yeah. um, I'd, I'd forgotten it carried straight on from the previous story. The Poison um, Sky. Poison Sky, yeah, it's on yep. Tarrant one, wasn't it? Yeah. That's it, yep. Um, so yeah, I was like, what's going on? And the other thing i completely forgotten about is that we've got Martha in the TARDIS again, mm. like... Um, you know, again, I, I just completely forgot that she was even in it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was like, OK, here we go. And I, I almost watched this episode with completely fresh eyes. I, I remembered so little about it from, from you know, when it was first on. And it's possible I haven't even watched it since it first aired. Okay. So, so yeah, I kind of sort of, it was almost like watching it for the first time in many ways. I really yeah. didn't remember much about it at all. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think I've seen this episode twice. Um, I watched it when I first picked up the Series 4 box set a few years back now. And I think I've watched it one more time because um, uh, my wife really likes the next one, the, um, the Unicorn and the Wasp. Yes. So um, we end up just watching this series um, quite a lot because she likes this series. I don't know why. but um, she uh, Yeah, so um, I think I've watched this another time after I've... I initially watched it, and uh, but that was a long time ago. Though it was at least a, at least a few years ago. Oh, is so, it? What since you last saw it? Yeah. So this oh. was um, so this was kind of the same thing, really. I was, I didn't remember all of the episode. There were a few things like um, uh, Martha popping up, and yeah, you know, it was kind of fresh for me as well. So um, well, it's yeah. one of the reasons I wanted to rewatch it. Actually, I thought, well, here's here's a story that. That sort of gets um, it gets a bit of a bad press. Actually, I was thinking, here's a story I, 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 like I said, can't remember much about, and I thought it would be fun to go back and see, you know, well, why have I not revisited this one? And um, and I suppose I do remember before it aired, there was quite a lot of buzz about the title, the Doctor's Daughter. You know, people were like, oh, you know, what, oh, what's what's going on, the Doctor's Daughter, <laughs> and all this. So there was a bit of a buzz about it, and um, I suppose the payoff might not have been what everyone expected um yeah true you know. yeah and i mean basically you know just to sort of recap the doctor lands on this well actually no the tardis kind of takes them there doesn't it on purpose to this planet um yeah, yeah. and the doctor gets a tissue sample immediately um taken from him from this weird machine and it creates um jenny who, who's you know technically the doctor's daughter sort of there and then i mean it's a quite a quick working machine isn't it <laughs> you know <laughs> i was thinking this into yeah i was thinking this in terms of the sort of actual pacing of the story it, it kind of just um it cuts straight to the chase you know straight away i think it's even before the opening credits isn't it you know there she is this woman steps out of a machine and she's been supposedly produced from a tissue sample from the doctor so yeah and, it, and, that, and, then, and then the credits kick in, don't they? So we're thrown straight in there. 
not really much of an explanation. That's it. Go with it. Yeah, it's um, you kind of yeah, it's one of those stories where you're just thrown straight into it. There's no warm up. It's um, you're, you're straight in there. And what does she say when she steps out of the machine? Is it like hi, dad, or? Or something yes, like that. Something yeah, something like Yes, that's right. Yeah, hello, you, daddy, or something. And he just, like, his jaw drops, doesn't it, or something. Yeah, and you immediately think, oh, what's going on? You know, it's, it's quite intriguing right from the off. Mm. It is, yeah. yeah. It's quite a sort of, it's almost, it's slightly comical, actually, uh, up until that point, isn't it? There's a few sort of gags, and they're all throwing themselves around the TARDIS and yeah. and stuff. And it, and then it suddenly sort of turns serious after the credits. And yeah. um, and but what no one else gets, like, they only take the Doctor's, tissue sample don't they they don't take any of the others and i was wondering why like you know it's, it's kind of just convenient for the plot isn't it do you know what i mean they didn't sort of then because the reason they do it is to build an army isn't it or something they're trying right. to build an army yep. so they they sort of reproduce people from tissue samples but they only do it to the doctor don't they they don't they don't bother with um uh, martha or donna no they they just they do the doctor at the beginning and that and that's it that's it, and then yeah. they sort of get into a, a war because obviously there's this, there's this sort of um, two fighting fractions, yes. of people on this planet, the the half, the half, yep, the half, and do the soldiers and all that? Do they have a name? Um, no, it's just um, it, they're just Sorry. known as the humans, isn't it? It's uh, <laughs> the, hum- the well, humans. Well, but it's, it's it's not set on Earth though, is it? It's, it's, no, it's a planet called uh, Messaline. All oh, right, okay. Yeah. See, I only watched this yesterday, and and. It, Bits of it just sort of didn't, <laughs> you know, it's a fairly simple story. It's just bits of it didn't sort of, um, I didn't pick up on like that. Even now I was thinking, is it Earth? Where was this? You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's basically it, isn't it? It's two fighting fractions. The Doctor gets caught in the middle of it. Um, and and in the meantime, they create this this uh, girl that's his daughter. So Yeah. Yeah, and she's um this the the stories actually reminded me of um because the the way that it's structured is as you say there's two there's two factions or two different races who are at war, mm. and um what they're trying to do is um they're trying to find um the source of the creator, isn't it? Because they feel that once they find it, that will give them ultimate power. And That's so, right. Yeah. This actually the story for this reminded me of Genesis of the Daleks. Did it? Not, not in the way that you're thinking. I can tell immediately. You're like, what? Well, I was. I was thinking, <laughs> yeah. Well, the okay. only, the only thing, the only thing that I can, I relate to that story is because um, at the beginning of Genesis of the Daleks, you've got the, um, you've got the K. Is it the Khaleds? The Khaleds. Khaleds. Yeah. Khaleds. Yeah. On one side, and you've got um, the, the, um, the humans. On the yeah. Other. Yeah. And it's very similar where it's all corridors and they're, they're fighting to get to one place because they're fighting over control of, 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 the, of that whole space, aren't they, in Genesis of the Daleks? Yeah. Do you know actually, what I mean? you're right. And yeah, it, yeah. it's the same with this. You've got two factions and it, it's not like typical like military-style warfare where it's all you know, above ground and stuff. It's all very much like corridors, like you know, famous for Doctor Who. Actually, yeah, yeah, I, I can see where you're coming from. Actually. I mean, I, I, I hadn't picked sort of thought of that at all. But yeah, yeah, there is a similarity there. You're right. Not in um, a way that I, you think. Like, oh my no, god, it's no. nothing like Genesis. It, don't get me wrong. I'm not comparing the two in, in terms of, you know, story quality or story plot or anything like that. But you know, the basis for how the Doctor gets involved is very similar. You know, he's yeah, caught, yeah. he's caught in between two, two factions who are. It's a bit like Caves of Androzani as well. 
Yes, yeah. You know, yeah. The underground, trying to fight, you know, to maintain or to try and get that area or whatever underground base they're trying to get to. Very similar. Yeah, no, I can, I can see where you're coming from. Yeah, I suppose it's one that's sort of been done, was been done. Like I said, it's a fairly sort of simple story, isn't it? And also, you're saying about corridors. Um, <laughs> did, you, did you think the tunnel at the start, I immediately thought of flatline. Flatline, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm assuming it's the same location because I was like, oh, it's the flatline tunnel. Although technically, I suppose it's the half tunnel the half- as it was for, as it was first. I was going to say, yeah, it's their, it's their tunnel, isn't it? The so, half, yeah. so what did overall? I mean, it's, it, I remember the first time I watched it. I remember finding it a bit slow. I think that's the, that's one of the reasons I haven't gone back to it. I don't remember it sort of leaving an everlasting impression on me. I remember thinking, oh, come on, get going. You know, it seemed yeah. a bit padded, but. I actually rather enjoyed it yesterday. Maybe I was in the mood for it, but I, it was not as bad as I remembered. If anything, it was it was better than I remembered. Yeah, it was. Um, to me, it's one of those episodes where, on on paper, there's a lot going on. Mm. You know, if you if you were to just read a a synopsis of the the story, you'd think bloody hell, there's there's loads going on there. But when you actually watch it, it's fairly it's fairly reasonably paced, and it nothing crazy happens really it's um I, I also found it a little bit predictable as well yeah did you find that it's um yeah i kind of even though i'd seen it before um when i was watching it my my kind of subconscious kicked in and i was like oh yeah i remember i remember feeling how predictable the story was yeah you i know? think that's what i was confusing with it when i was thinking in my mind i was thinking oh it's a bit of a slow slog I think you actually you've you've hit nail on the head. It's actually more the fact it is a bit predictable, so it doesn't quite keep your interest because you kind of can you know see what's coming. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. And I remember the cast thinking the cast weren't that good before, but actually they're not too bad. I mean, I, I actually think I'm talking about sort of supporting cast like yeah. the soldiers. Now, remember thinking they are a bit <laughs> drab. Not really. Didn't really seem to be sort of into it. Right, um, and I still got that impression a bit, um, you know, watching it yesterday. It kind of felt like some of the performances in it were a bit flat, especially the sort of lead guy, the guy that's sort of running the whole, you know, human army or whatever they are. Cobb, Nigel Terry. Yeah, yeah. going was, through the motions a bit. Yeah, yeah, it was a bit. You could tell it was very scripted in his delivery. Oh, yeah, you know, definitely. Um, what did, did you I think? Ta- sorry, go on. sorry, no, go on. Now I was going to change the subject. So if you got something else on it. No, no, no. I was just going to say, I did think, however, the actual main cast were firing on all cylinders, especially Tennant. Oh, that's actually... what I was going to say. <laughs> oh, is it? Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, phew. No, I was just going to say, I actually, um, one of the things that really stood out to me in this episode as a big, big plus and, and really raises the, you know, the episode in terms of the score is Tennant. He is absolutely firing on all cylinders, I think, in this one. And and Donna actually and uh, Catherine Tate, I think she she's got some really nice humorous lines that that actually work quite well. I think in terms of the story, you know, they don't feel out of place, they don't feel awkward. You know, I actually think the pair of them are really really good in this. And yeah. I do think um, Jenny uh, was it George, Georgia Moffitt? Georgia yep. Georgia Moffat. Yeah, I also think she was she was pretty good as well. Yeah. So they actually do raise the episode, I think. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say. Um, what did you think to the to to how Tennant was in this one, especially his 
because it was kind of a unique relationship in this one. You don't, you never see, obviously, um, apart from Susan, you don't see any of the the doctor's family in anything, do you? So you never see a relationship that could be possible between, you know, his his daughter and stuff like that. So um, I really liked how this episode transitioned. At the beginning, he was very non-accepting of her, wasn't he? And he was very much almost really abrupt and quite rude with her about, you know, she'll never be Time Lord and all that kind of stuff. And towards the end of the episode, he kind of accepts her, you know, and that's down to Donna, isn't yes, it? Yes, yeah. that's that's what I really liked, actually. It's um, I really invested in that. The, yeah. on the second watch I don't know it seemed to, it must have just gone over my head the first time I watched it because I don't remember having the same connection with the story as I did yesterday um, I yeah I really liked that whole the way it was written you know that the, the doctor doesn't want anything to do with her he doesn't really acknowledge you know want to acknowledge it at all and then it's when Donna sort of really sort of forces him to, to, to accept it you know when he's she shows him that she's got two hearts. Yeah. Um, Jenna's got two hearts and, you know, and he starts seeing the similarities and, and Donna sort of keeps pointing out those similarities to him. And he re- gradually comes around to it, doesn't he? Yeah. And I actually thought it was done really well. And I really did invest in, in that, that part of the story. And I, I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah. And I think it's down to the performances. They, they sold it to me. And, uh, and I liked it a lot. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the one thing that, that really kind of kept me going through the episode really and it was one of those things where it turned I mean a lot of people view this as just a very mediocre episode anyway Mm. Um, but for me that relationship between the doctor and Jenny and then the 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 constant kind of um, when when the doctor's very much he doesn't want anything to do with her and doesn't see her as his true daughter or or as as a true time lord Um, I love the the, the the way that Donna interjects there and says, you know, you really shouldn't be that way. You know, at the end of the day, regardless of how she's here, she's your daughter. And, that's, and that she tries to really lay the human element within the Doctor, which is really important because um, the whole reason why the Doctor travels with a human companion is because it's really important he has that human aspect with him at the, all times, you know, because otherwise when he travels by himself, as we know, he turns into a bit of a, a, bit of a mean, a bit of a meanie. So yeah. um, I really like that that whole relationship, and that's what turned it into a a kind of a yeah, it's an okay episode to one to an episode that I really like now, just purely based on that little plot device that runs through it. I really like it. Yeah, I do. I I, I absolutely agree with you, and 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 that's the reason I love the Doctor Donna relationship. I I really like Catherine Tate's uh, character. Um, you know, I, I like a lot of fans. I was concerned when she was announced as the full-time companion at the beginning because of the runaway bride i couldn't see it working (laughs) but this is the reason i actually grew to love the 10 and you know the doctor and um donna relationship because she yeah she brings that humor side to him and she sort of helps him you know and there's none of this sort of lovey-dovey stuff getting in the way it's all about their you know their sort of friendship and i and i thought it works incredibly well in this episode and the doctor talks about you know he actually sort of um, acknowledges that he's been, you know, a dad before, doesn't he? he actually, says kind it outright. Of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he does and say. Yeah, he's, they've sort of brushed around it a little bit up till now in the series, but that's the first time he actually comes out and says it. It is, and, yeah. yeah, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's quite an important little sort of moment, I think. Yeah, and that's a testament to um to David Tennant's acting because yeah. when Donna tries to 
um, when that subject comes up, he doesn't even have to say anything. It's his face. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It, you, you know instantly that, yes, something pretty tragic you know, happened to his family. Well, I'll tell you, you what know. I'm loving about rewatching these Tenant episodes is that um, I always liked David Tennant as a doctor, but I never rated him. Uh, I never rated him that high. Yeah. If that makes sense. I, yeah. I, you know, I, when Smith took over, I was like, oh, no, this is the doctor. Quirky, mad, you know, is, yeah, a bit more sort of like that. Whereas I always enjoyed Tennant as a doctor, but I never really saw him as the doctor fully somehow right. there was always something a bit too human a bit too thing but i'll tell you what re-watching these episodes i am really really starting to appreciate david tennant's doctor um a lot more than i did you know okay. and it is and it is moments like you've just mentioned where it's just his face it's not nothing in the dialogue it's just the performance he's given yeah that that is just brilliant and yeah i'm, I'm definitely i've always thought he was a good doctor don't get me wrong but if you'd have said to me he's, he's the best doctor i would have been no <laughs> he's not the best doctor you know and i still don't think he is the the best doctor but it but he is he is a really he is a great doctor there's no doubt about it and it is moments like that that i think cement that for me absolutely mate you know totally and I, I tell you what i think we, we haven't mentioned much about martha oh yeah, yeah. And martha gets gets a hard time um i know one of my friends absolutely hates the character can't stand martha um me personally I really like her. I, I think she's a great companion. Um, and, and I think she's believable. Yeah, I don't mind Martha at all, really. I think um, I, I think it's she's one of those companions where it's it, she's split in half for me. There are times when there are times when I think she's a really strong, a strong person and a strong companion. And she does. She works really well with with um with david tennant as the doctor yeah there, there are just times where she goes um you know you know during series one and two especially two where rose was very much um just kind of gushing over david tennant the, yeah. the entire time you know because you've got that potential love interest there there are times where i think martha goes down that road quite a few times and she wants to be more than just you know the doctor's companion and that that kind of puts me off very slightly however she is no, no, a, she's pretty cool right yeah no you're absolutely right that that is the problem with the character um because yeah i i like martha i like the fact you know like in this episode they they bring in they use the fact that she's a doctor to you know that's how she befriends the half and shows them that she's not going to hurt them i like that you know yeah. um but i agree with you where you know, where they went wrong with her character was going down the same route of, of, you know, her falling in love with the doctor. And, you know, the only good bit about that for me was when she turns, when she realizes that he doesn't want anything to do with her in her last step. And she's like, you know, um, like my friend said, you've got to get out and all that. That was, I love that scene. Yeah. You know, that's cool. but, and that's the only bit of it that worked for me, but yeah, I, that's, that's where they went wrong. The characters, they just sort of did Rose part two really with that. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. But but I think she works well in this story because um, yeah, she's, cool she's yeah. used to effect. You know, she's not just she's not just lost in corridors. She, you know, joins the other team. So you've then got the doctor on one side, you know, Martha on the other, and they're both working together to get the same goal. And I like that. Mm. No, I agree. She's she's quite cool in this, yeah. and she's got um, it's quite a cute little relationship she has with one of the Hath um, as well. Because yeah. he he's kind of sacrifices himself, and she gets very upset, and yeah, it's all kind of cute. Yeah, I'd, I'd totally forgotten about that poor old <laughs> half dying. In fact, um, in my notes, I just when they were walking around and he go, she falls in the swamp. 
um, I'd written down story starts to get pa- you know a bit of padding going on here, but then he died, and I was thinking, oh yeah, okay, it does have a point because it started yeah, to feel yeah. to me like they were sort of the episode was getting a little bit lost, a little bit padded around that point. Um, but I like the design of the half. I think they're quite interesting. They do look a bit man in a rubber suit, I suppose, <laughs> maybe yeah. a sign of the times. But I do think they actually look pretty good. Yeah, and we see one pop up at the end of um, David Tennant's very last um, episode. He's in the. He leaves a note for Captain Jack in the bar, and you see one of them milling around. Oh, yeah, bit, that's bit right. Like, uh, it's a bit like a cantina from Star Wars kind of scene where there's it's a bar and it's just got loads of monsters from Doctor Who in the, from the past three series, whatever. That's right. He's at the end, isn't he? I've yeah. forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah. But I do think once we get to the actual end of the episode. I think we come into some really good territory. Um, you know, when the you know they find the whatever that thing is, and it rejuvenates the planet. The terraformer, yeah. The terraformer, yeah. and um, yeah, and I think that's quite interesting. And then obviously that guy then goes to shoot the doctor, doesn't he? And because people will lay down their weapons, so they sort of declare a truce, mm-hmm. truce, don't they? Yeah. And then, but apart from the main soldier guy who I don't like, and I can't remember his name. Cobb. Cobb. Yeah. So he's suddenly from. And this is the bit I don't get. Why does he suddenly decide? Everyone's declared peace. They've all seen the light. Why does he then go to shoot the doctor? Well, what's that about? Um, is he just really annoyed? <laughs> yeah, I think it's just because he's... Um, I think the idea behind it is, you know, with Jenny, she's um, the, the daughter of a Time Lord. So she has a lot of those, you know, some at some point, not on the surface, but she has a lot of qualities of that of that race because that's what she is and if you remember the story was it was revealed that all of this stuff has only happened over what was it five or six days seven days because every, yeah, everybody's right. been um uh, kind of uh, their dna has been used to create so soldiers like instantly so what what's happened is the the human race is kind of all of their internal stuff that makes up our dna has been transferred really quickly but it looks like a long space of time. So that guy, Cobb, the only thing that he's known is war against the Hath. That's right. See you know what I mean? So he's, he doesn't know anything else. He doesn't really know about forming truces. And he doesn't really, he's not really interested in, in living in harmony with the Hath. All he knows, because that's what, how he, you know, that's the line that he's come from. Um, all he knows is like death and, and war, really. So, and the do- I suppose the doctor represents the opposite of that. Exactly. So, yeah. so it annoys yeah. him. Yeah. He's thinking, yeah. no, this guy, you know, this isn't, this isn't right. Yeah. And he shoots. Obviously, then Jenny gets in the way, takes the bullet, and dies. And that's, you know, that again, this comes back to a great performance, I think, between between Tennant and uh, and Moff- Mrs. Moffat, Miss Moffat. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's quite quite well done. And the bit, and this is the only bit of the episode I could remember from the first time. It's this is up until now was the bit where the doctor gets the gun and you've just got those drums pounding. Mm, That's yeah. the, when we said we were going to review this, that was the solitary scene that I could remember. Okay, um, cool. And I, and I think it's because it's a very powerful scene. And I remember thinking at the time, ooh, it's a bit strong. Well, you know, because it, it does last. It's probably not that long, but it feels like a long time that the doctor's got that gun at the guy's head. And he's really cross. And again, Tennant's given a fantastic performance, isn't he? He looks like he's it's brilliant. Just he's snapped. You think that's it? You know, the Doctor has finally snapped, and he's going to blow this guy's head off. Obviously, you know he's not going to. But don't you think it's well done? It's the way brilliant. It's like, yeah. And you know, the yeah. drums are kicking it. I I just think it's a really powerful scene. And then in, 
he obviously flips the gun around and he says, what is it? I never would. I never would. I never would. Yeah. I never would. And I just thought, I love that scene. I think it's brilliant. I think it just, you know, sums up the whole, the whole doctor, really. He never would. Exactly. And he's come you close know. a couple of times, but yeah, he, he never would. Well, that's one of the scenes that I think works, ten, Tenet's Doctor works best. You know, this is a, again, comes back to me realizing what a great Doctor t- Tenet was because he just rips that scene apart. Yeah. You exactly. know? Yeah. And the whole subject of this story is sort of war and soldiers, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Again, which kind of sort of ties in a little bit with the new series. What, the Doctor's kind of complete and utter dislike of anyone in the military well yeah this whole sort of soldier and war thing yeah, yeah so yeah. but i mean it's a bit more sort of shoved down your throat a bit more in this this episode but yeah yeah totally yeah okay um cool so uh out of 10 time yeah okay um do you want me to go yeah go on uh i'm gonna give this a seven seven yeah okay actually I've... no no what did, no 7.5 sorry seven and a half Oh no! Sorry. I was going to say I've actually written I've written seven point five. Actually, <laughs> I wrote I wrote seven to begin with, um, and then I just I changed the O to a five. <laughs> this is yesterday when I watched it. I couldn't decide. It was a. It's it's got moments. I I enjoyed it a lot more than than I remembered. I, I actually really enjoyed rewatching it. Yeah. Um But it yeah. So I was sort of stuck between seven and seven point five. But I have gone with seven point five. Um, and I will just like to say before we sort of wrap up. Jenny does live at the end. She does regenerate. And I thought that is a very nice scene. And I'm absolutely amazed that she hasn't been brought back. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. That's, that's the last thing I've written on my pad. Okay. Um, yep. uh, Jenny lives amazed she hasn't returned because she's out there. And I, and I love that because they leave it long enough for you to think she actually has died. And then she just slowly sort of that stuff comes out of her mouth and she's, you know, you know, she's back alive. Yeah. Um, nicely done. So I, I hope she does return. I, hope I think so. it's important she does. Yeah, it'd be cool. You know. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but great minds though, because I, 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 the reason why I said that first, because I've got a seven, but then when I turn over, yeah, I've changed it to a seven point five. Well, I've done exactly the same. Yeah, I've actually done exactly the same. I've changed. I've written written over the zero with a five because I just, I just sort of liked it a lot more than I thought I would. I actually yeah. really enjoyed rewatching it. It's by no means perfect. Um, you know, it has its issues, but I think there's a lot of good stuff in this episode yeah. and uh, definitely doesn't deserve the sort of hard time it does sometimes get, um, I think. Yeah, I agree. Talking of which, um, our, our listeners um, yeah. have brought in some comments and they are very varied on this one, aren't they? It's good. Very mixed response yeah. um, on this episode. Indeedy. Um, yeah, so thanks guys for, for getting in touch and we've got, um, let's have a look, Facebook. Um, Stuart Stockwin. He says, personally, I think the people who don't like this episode as much should watch this in the middle of worst episodes. For example, Crimson Horror, 42, Love and Monsters, The Doctor's Daughter and uh, In the Forest of the Night, and then they'll see how underrated it is. So I think what he's saying is if you look at this in comparison to some truly awful uh, Doctor Who uh, episodes, then you'll see that this one isn't as bad. Yeah, and I th- I think he's got a point. Um, actually, Stuart did also leave a comment on on my face on the Geeks Handbag Facebook actually, um, and I, I think it's worthy of reading out as well because I think he makes some good points. He says, "Guns, War, Doctor Who." If you told me to watch this story a few years ago, I would have said no. But the whole concept of it is brilliant. 
I can't really say why I enjoy this story because it's too difficult. But the only thing I don't like is the name of the episode because it promises so much but gives so little. I give the episode because it's an enjoyable enough episode, 7 out of 10. Okay. So I think Stuart's right. It's, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's not one, it's not one you're going to say is, is an absolute classic, but there's a lot of good stuff in there. Yeah. Kieran Knight. Thank you, Kieran. Uh, the story is watchable, but one of the worst of New Who when I think about it. No. The soldiers are bland, and the Doctor's reason for hating them is completely unjustified. The twist changes nothing in the story, and the Hath are uninventive. Donna's weakest episode, though I like Martha and Jenny. Looking forward to the podcast. Thank you. Oh, um, I'm not really sure on I agree with the um, Donna as being it's her weakest episode. I think it's one of her strongest. I, I liked her a lot in this one. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't wouldn't agree with that. But but again, it's great to get a different point of view and, you know, I do respect it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Harry Westergaard, he says, a pretty good episode. Some parts of it drag or can feel rushed. Great design of the half. And some of the ideas presented are quite interesting. I would agree about the half. I liked the design of them. Yeah, I thought they were I thought okay. they looked a little yeah. bit sort of rubber suit, but I thought that I liked the fishy thing in the, in the face or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, they, I think they look pretty good. Yeah. Uh, a couple of short ones from Harry and Owen. So uh, Harry Williams says, really great episode, smiley face. Uh, Owen Sammons, love it. Jenny is such a great character. Oh, interesting. I, I don't know why. I didn't think Owen would like this one, but uh, yeah, I'm glad he, glad he does. Uh, Robert Lithgow. Now, I did... <laughs> Robert, I love this comment, um, even though I don't agree with it. Uh, it did make <laughs> me chuckle. Um, Robert Lithgow says, horrible, boring, useless, full of cop-outs, poorly written, rubbish aliens, rubbish characters, half-hearted, manipulative ending, and nothing to the story at all. Absolute tosh. Two out of ten. Ooh. So Robert really doesn't like this one. Um, and uh, thanks for commenting, Robert. I, I, I don't agree with you, mate, but uh, but your comment did make me laugh. I like the fact you didn't mince your words there. Yeah, fair play. <laughs> um, uh, Matt over at Who Addicts Reviews. Hi, guys. Hi, guys. Uh, it says, a fantastic episode, and I don't see why it gets as much slack uh, as it does. It's a lovely story between the humans and the Hath. Seeing the Doctor acting like a father was great and the ending was beautifully written. Just because it's surrounded by great episodes, it looks bad. But as a story on its own, it's very underrated. P.S. Jenny needs to return. Yes, I, I think she does. I totally agree. Yeah, cheers, Matt. And finally, and this, this comment got three likes. So three people really agreed with this person. Um, I'm just going to see who they were uh, very quickly. Uh, Harry Westergaard agreed. Spence Horton Harper agreed. Oh, and you agreed, but you might have just been liking that you left a comment. Um, Noah Christopher, he says, very promising in the beginning, and then it got progressively more boring. Ooh. I think the opposite, actually, because I, I, once the Doctor starts realising he's got to accept this whole daughter thing, I actually quite liked it. But I, I sort of see where it's coming from. There was a bit of padding in the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just one more on the, uh, on the actual uh, Facebook page. Uh, Ryan Anthony, uh, I think it's okay, but was made to look terrible by the other great stories surrounding it in Series 4. Quite a common well, think, theme, that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I think Series 4 is a, is a strong series, actually. I've always liked Series 4. So, yeah, mm. maybe it just gets a bit lost in the mix. But yeah. but for me, de definitely not a bad episode. Yeah, I quite, really cool. quite enjoyed it. Seven and a half out of ten for us. Yeah. Indeedy. A fair rating. Thanks for all your comments, guys. Thank you very much. And I think we're going to wrap, dude. Okay.
So, um, yeah, I hope you've uh, you've had a, a cool time listening to us chat and chew the fat and go for everything about the Doctor's daughter. It's uh, it's one of those episodes where I really enjoy talking about it afterwards because, like I said earlier, we try and pick episodes that are not the terribly popular ones that everyone expects us to talk about. These are the ones that often divide opinion and and get good uh, good good banter going between us. So, um. I really enjoy talking about these type of episodes where people destroy them or they love them. And uh, yeah, Doctor's Daughter, really good one. Yeah, I, I concur. You concur. And next week, um, we're going to be, I'm looking forward to next week, we're going to be revisiting a classic. Uh-huh. Yes. Um, and uh, it's going to be The Demons. So give us your thoughts on The Demons. That'll the, be next week's podcast. The Demons. Now, is this one, the way that this episode is spelt, is yeah. it the demons oh. or the daemons? How can somebody no, confirm this for us? I think it's the daemons. I always get this wrong. I think it's the daemons, is isn't it? Because I always want to say question. the demons. Yeah, so do I, and I always do, and I think I'm wrong. Someone, someone can let us know in the comments. It's the daemons, I think. Ah, okay, right. Like an old-fashioned way of saying it, and yeah, right, right. Thanks for picking me up on that because I always do it. Oh, yeah, me too. So, yeah, Pertwee, so, Pertwee, a fantastic yep. podcast next week. Cool. Uh, so. As, bef- as always, just jump onto Facebook and Twitter. Let us know your thoughts on that one, uh, The Damons. Um, just go to bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk and on there you'll find links to, uh, to the social stuff. Just jump on there, let us know your thoughts. That'll be awesome. Until then, my name's Gary. My name's Adam. And... Alonzi! Alonzi!